Hey, howdy, space nerds. As always, thanks for your support. This podcast is fueled by you, and you can help top off our tanks by checking out some of our merchandise. Pick up your very own Are We There Yet mission patch. You can get it at wmfe.org slash patch. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast so we can get more people exploring space exploration. All right, on to the show. From the studios at WMFE in Orlando, Florida, this is the Space Exploration Podcast that asks the question, are we there yet? Hi, I'm Brendan Byrne. I'm sure you've seen the headline this week, Water on Mars. It's a huge discovery on the Red Planet, but what does it mean for the future of exploration of Mars? A study published this week in Science unveiled the findings that there could be an underground body of water at one of the poles. The findings are tantalizing to scientists who are searching for signs of life on the Red Planet or to use as a resource to create fuel for future human explorers. To break down the news, we're joined by Dan Batchelador. He's the head of physics at Florida Tech. Dan, thanks for joining us. No problem. Always a pleasure. So, Dan, walk us through this discovery. What, what did scientists actually find? So we have to be careful uh, when we hear sensational stories like this. Um, now, what, what has actually been found is a signal consistent with the presence of a subsurface body of water on Mars. Now, we've long thought that uh, Mars has had water in the past. Uh, and one of the big questions is, where has the water gone? And uh, the, um, the prominent thinking is that it's gone uh, below the ground. And so we, we have been expecting there to be subsurface water um, for uh, decades. And so now we have um, some evidence to support this. Um, and the technique that was used um, is known as ground penetrating radar. Um, you can actually change uh, the uh, properties of uh, a radar signal based on the uh, material that that radar signal is moving through. And so this is, um, this is a, a well-known technique in geophysics uh, to use ground penetrating radar to uh, look for subsurface uh, features. So in this case, uh, there's, been, um, there's a ground penetrating radar on a uh, European satellite, um, the Mars Express, Express spacecraft. And so uh, now we've got um, some evidence that is consistent with there being a subsurface about a, a mile below the surface um, body of water. And it's um, uh, near the South Pole. So uh, that, that's interesting in itself. Mm -hmm. Why is that interesting? Well, um, when we think about uh, colonization of Mars, um, we are looking at uh, several different options for where to place a colony. Um, and uh, the, th there are many trades, and one of the trades is where are, where are the resources uh, going to be on Mars? And um, the, the, in terms of the orbital um, dynamics of landing on a planet, um, it's much easier to land near the equator. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if we're finding resources away from the equator, we may need to rethink uh, how we are going to uh, get to Mars in the first place. Because if, if it means that we need to have a different type of uh, orbit uh, and we need to land uh, somewhere away from the equator, that actually will change a lot of the mission parameters. It means you'll have a, a different amount of delta V to, to mm -hmm. shed as you get towards the surface. And that could that could fundamentally change the mission design. And so you can, you can look at these types 
sorts of uh, things with the, the missions that have already been to the surface of Mars. So the Curiosity rover, uh, which is an incredibly successful NASA mission. Uh, this is the rover that uh, is uh, fairly big. It's the size of a small car. And uh, it, it's landed near the equator. It's a large payload uh, landed near the equator. But the Phoenix mission uh, is a much smaller mission, but it, it landed near uh the 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 martian poles um and it was there the phoenix mission is the one that actually scraped down and saw some uh white uh material that then evaporated over the course of uh, several hours or days and so uh yeah you could actually uh start to see if you are looking for resources like water um if they are more towards the poles that could re- that could really make you rethink uh, your missions to Mars in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a step back and and um, so with these findings, there's there's evidence that there could be water under the surface. There, can you give us a sense of of the scale and and what this um, this body of water would look like? What it would be made of? Well, we we don't know precisely what it looks like. Uh, we can make um, analogies with uh, similar features that we have here on earth so it's not like it's a lake sitting on the surface of mars um it is um it is below the surface and so it really is it really is water that is water that's within rock if you see what i mean uh it's not like a a swimming pool or anything buried uh, a mile under under the ground uh and so uh, we have to be careful uh, with uh, how we describe this. So we couldn't, for example, skip stones across the surface of this lake. Uh, <laughs> it's a mile underground, and it's uh, actually a set of materials that are known as water bearing. So, yeah, it's not like uh, a big tank of water underground. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to be careful with that. So it would look like um, if you've ever been into a deep mine on Earth, uh, and kind of seen the the rocks on the walls of those mines are, are slightly wet. That's the type of uh, feature that uh, we've got that that signal that's consistent with. So mm. yeah, it's um, much more like what you would see at the ver- at the bottom of an incredibly deep mine um, here on Earth. Yeah, but gotcha. it's, it's not something it's not something you would go swimming in. <laughs> so unfortunately for our listener who asked a question about skipping a rock on this thing. You couldn't do that. <laughs> no, no. Actually, probably the best place in the solar system to go skip rocks uh, on the surface of lakes is uh, uh, Titan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, water kind of leads to the question of, you know, could there be signs of life, right? Water is essential for what we know as, as, as what would harbor life. I mean, does this kind of get us any closer to answering the question of was there life on Mars or is there life on Mars? Well, this is always the, the big question that has the, the most interest. And uh, the current thinking is that for relatively complex um, uh, molecules to form, uh, the type of long chain molecules that uh, go on to form amino acids and things like that you do need um some kind of liquid uh and we know that that happens in water uh, and so with these little pockets of uh, water bearing uh, materials uh yes that could be an environment where life has either arisen or been able to survive we we have absolutely no idea whether that is currently the case on mars and it will be incredibly difficult to find out um it's hard enough uh building a one Meet, uh, one mile uh, deep mine on Earth, let alone doing that on Mars, uh, and we would be uh, we would be uh, drilling through rock on Mars. So this would be very different to the type of mission to 
uh, Jupiter's moon uh, Europa, where you would be able to kind of melt your way through the the ice there to get to the subsurface ocean. Uh, in this case, to get down to that water, you would have to have a full blown um, mining expedition uh, to Mars, and it, that's something that would be very challenging to do uh, robotically. And so, yes, knowing that there is, uh, knowing that there are water bearing materials, uh, knowing that there is uh, a signal that is consistent with that type of material, uh, does actually give us, uh, you know, a, another tantalizing look at whether or not there could be life um, mm-hmm. elsewhere elsewhere outside of the earth's biosphere and, and yeah it, it may well be mars it could be remnants of uh, previous life or it it, it it could actually be um um something new so yeah very exciting with i mean with this discovery does this kind of lead scientists and researchers to kind of want to look elsewhere using these same techniques on the surface of mars or is this kind of the only place where you think we'll be able to find water well, as with everything in science, you are limited by your instrumentation. Uh, you're limited by what you are able to detect. Um, now, the Mars Express spacecraft will have been doing this type of uh, data survey across the whole planet. Um, and so it may simply be fortuitous that this body of water is in at the right depth to be detectable, um, is the right size to be detectable. If there was if there was a very small pocket, a, a tens of meters wide we wouldn't have, uh, this uh, this uh, this instrument would have been able to detect it if it was deeper this instrument wouldn't have been able to detect it so it's not it's not going to be the case necessarily that this is the only pocket of um, water bearing material um, below the surface of Mars but it's definitely an area where we've got a signal uh, consistent with that brought back by an instrument that was capable of detecting it so we it doesn't it doesn't rule out uh, there being other water-bearing materials uh, below the surface of Mars at all. Um, in fact, uh, it, it actually makes it more likely. I've got a question from one of our, our listeners here. Um, Eric asks, does this encourage further exploration by a rover or something similar in the area? And I think you, you kind of touched on this question before, but I mean, is is this the discovery that launches a thousand rovers to the surface of Mars to go and find water? Or is this something that... Uh, you know, it's going to go step by step and, and continue with our exploration efforts. Yeah, this is just uh, another step forward in our ongoing exploration of, of the Red Planet. Um, it's not it's not going to have a fundamental uh, impact on the type and uh, number of rovers that will be sent to, to that planet. Uh, what is encouraging now is that we are we are currently experienced enough uh, in space exploration that every time uh, we have the opportunity to send something to Mars, uh, we will be sending something to Mars. And so this opportunity comes up every uh, two years and two months or so, every synodic period. That's where the orbital alignments of the planets are favorable for sending um, sending spacecraft between the two planets. And so from here on out um, into the future, we humans will be sending stuff to Mars very regularly every two years or so and we can see that uh, in 2020 we'll be having uh there's another there's another mission coming up in 2020 we hope and uh yeah it's not it's not only nasa the european space agencies and the, even the indian space agency that we they're all now players in in the exploration of mars uh using rovers or or orbiting spacecraft um and so this discovery itself is, is unlikely to see uh, provoke a massive boost in the number of uh, rovers uh, in particular because uh, getting to this water is going to be a, a, a huge challenge uh, not necessarily something that uh, would be 
the best way of uh, actually uh, recovering liquid water on the surface of Mars for uh, scientific purposes or for survival purposes. Uh, being a, a mile underground is um, yeah, it kind of is going to keep it out of reach for uh, an incredibly long time. And there's likely uh, other areas of Mars where you're going to be able to get water a bit more, uh, a bit uh, more easily. And so, um, yeah, on the one hand, uh, this discovery isn't going to increase the the number of uh, rovers, but on the other hand, it's important to realise that um, from here on out, uh, we uh, our species is going to be sending stuff to the red planet, more and more complex uh, rovers. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, in the next um, couple of synodic cycles, we're going to start establishing the equipment on the surface to lead to uh, the human colonization of Mars itself. Now, I mean, this this story kind of grabbed the headlines this week. I mean, what does that mean for, you know, public support of these science missions and, um, you know, just getting more people involved in in finding out what scientists are doing on the Red Planet? It's going to be a good thing, right? Yes, these types of discoveries are always uh, excellent for, for re-engaging and keeping engaged the public and keeping up their enthusiasm for science and encouraging the next generation of uh, scientists and engineers into, into these types of careers that really do help propel forward our uh, technological um, our technological capabilities that it, that improves the quality of life across uh, the, the whole planet, uh, and so you know I think NASA is very um, slick uh, in the way that it uh, delivers uh, good content uh, in a in a regular way, um, and then this this discovery itself um, is uh, has been reported in Science, a very high profile. Uh, popular uh, magazine that is peer-reviewed and well-respected uh, within the scientific community. Uh, and it's nice to see that uh, it's a good reminder that NASA aren't the only players uh, on Mars and that the Europeans um, are there as well. Um, still yet to have that successful uh, mission to actually land on the surface, controlled controlled descent onto the surface, but um, <laughs> they're going to be getting there. Um, NASA's very good at uh, controlled descents onto the surface. They've done it several times now successfully. But uh, yeah, and I think uh, the timing is also nice because we have the uh, opposition of Mars actually happening today, uh, Friday, uh, July 27th. Um, yeah, Mars is actually going to be uh, trailing the moon on the sky tonight. Uh, uh, if you're lucky enough to have a, a clear enough sky, you'll be able to see uh, Mars several degrees uh, to the to the east of the moon, um, and it's actually only only at a distance of 50, <laughs> 58 million kilometers. So uh, that's about a third Super of the way close. to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> what about the um, that dust storm that's kind of encapsulated the planet? Is that going to make it a little more difficult to see some surface features that that astronomers were excited to see with with the Mars opposition? Well, dust storms are a regular feature on Mars. Um, and uh, it's important to realize that these are fairly mild weather events because the density of the atmosphere and the pressure of the atmosphere is incredibly low. And so uh, I'm afraid that opening scene uh, in the very popular movie uh, the Martian um, is using a little bit of Hollywood license there to um, uh, to overstate the problems that would be caused by storms on the surface of Mars. But in terms of uh, being able to see the surface in the in the visible, uh, yes, uh, the dust is going to um, kind of smooth out the planet, look at make and uh, make it uh, difficult to see surface features where uh, there are these kind of um, planet wide um uh, dust storms 
but um, you still might be able to make out um, one of the ice caps. I think it's the southern pole that's pointing towards us right now. You may be able to make out some white features uh, towards the pole uh, where there's less likely, where it's less likely to be be covered in dust. But these dust storms are fairly regular. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's, uh, another scientific, uh, piece of scientific, uh, interest for us to be able to, uh, witness these events. Well, lots of, lots of Mars news this week. Very exciting for, uh, for folks interested in, in Mars and planetary sciences. Uh, Dan Bachelador is the head of physics at Florida Tech. Dan, thanks so much for breaking down the news. No problem. Always a pleasure. Support for Are We There Yet? comes from our listeners. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more space news online at wmfe.org slash space. What do you want to hear on this podcast? Help shape the next show. Send me a story, idea, or question. Email me at arewetheryet at wmfe.org. Or start a conversation with us on Twitter. The show is at AWTYMars. Are We There Yet? Mars, get it? And I'm at Space Brendan. Until next time, I'm Brendan Byrne. Thanks for listening.